How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Carl Krenzel, your host here today on the Learning Puritan Podcast. Today, we're going to go ahead and discuss Direction 5 from Richard Baxter's Directions on How to Have a Peaceful Death. Direction number 5, if you're following along in the Kindle app over there on the Digital Puritan uh, version, I'm sorry, Volume 1, then you've probably read ahead and you're going to see exactly what we're up for today. But today what we're going to talk about is some direct application. One thing I really enjoyed about the Puritans is the fact that not only was their theology spot on, it was just very precise and measured, but they gave application They gave application about how to really apply these these principles to your everyday life and how to make it reachable for people like me, the lay guy, the lay person who's not really uh, a pastor or a preacher or anything like that. Uh, But yet they were able to condense these great thoughts into usable bits and bites for people like me and you. And so today we're going to go over one of those bits and pieces that I felt was very helpful. So if you've got a pen, you're taking some notes, or if you're reading along in the Digital Puritan, then go ahead. You'll see in Direction 5, Richard Baxter tells us to choose out some promises most suitable to your condition and roll them over and over in your mind and feed and live on them in faith. I just really like the way that he writes that roll them over and over in your mind and feed and live on them by faith. You know, that's really what we need to do despite the fact that we're sick, despite the fact that we're facing illnesses that perhaps are mortal. We need to really do that in our daily walk with Christ. We need to choose out some promises that are really helpful for your particular circumstance in life and roll them over in your head over and over and over and over again and feed on it and live on it by faith. You know, I don't remember which Puritan it was, and I'll have to look it up in a future episode for you, but one of the Puritans had said that many times reading scripture is a lot like a bee sucking nectar out of a honey I'm sorry, out of a uh, out of a flower. It, it may not necessarily look like much, but they're drawing every bit of that nectar out that they can out of that one little pollen, uh, one little follicle there, one little flower. And what you want to do is you want to do the same thing. The thought was with your Christian walk, with your observance of 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 the scriptures. You want to draw every little bit you can out of these little bits and pieces. And the the purpose of this is very clear. You know, he goes on to say that, you know, a sick person, a sick man, sick woman, whoever it is, uh, they're not usually fit to think of a whole lot when they're sick. When you think about the last person you knew who's really sick, 
I mean, let's say they were in the hospital for whatever reason, or, or maybe they were at home or whatever. They were in a great deal of pain. They were in the hospital. They were trying to sleep, but the pain was racking them, or there was people coming in and out of the hospital taking their temperature or their blood pressure or lifting the bed or adjusting the sheets, or, or worse, they were ignoring your loved one, and they were racked there with pain, and, and nobody was there with them to help, you know, help them in their, in their moment. Maybe that's been you recently. You know what I'm saying. In, in that particular moment, you, you can't really think of a lot. And you certainly don't always have a Bible right there in front of you that you could just read. You can pull out your iPhone or Kindle or whatever and just start reading it. And so what you really want to do, Richard is saying, is you want to prepare for this. If you want to prepare for a comfortable, peaceful death, you want to have a couple promises in your head rolling around, okay, that you can think about while you're in the hospital or while you're sick or when you're dying, when you have time, you know, to, to, to think about these things, you don't not, you don't have a whole lot to, to think about. You can maybe think about one or two and maybe you should pick one or two promises to keep in your head. And it depends of course, on what you're really beset with. And he says, look, if you're most troubled Okay, with the greatness of your sin, if you've gone out and you've lived a life of degradation, Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, you've just, you know, run the, ra- run the rails with your life. And only now, all right, are you coming to Christ? You feel convicted about the way you live. Hey, guess what? You're not alone, okay? It doesn't matter what your sin is. Sin is sin. And the fact is that, yes, some sins are worse than others. But, I mean, let's just be honest, Okay. Any sin will keep you away from Christ. That we keep you away from the Father. It'll keep you away from God. And you need to you need to to have a couple promises there that'll make you feel better. If you're on that moment, your deathbed, and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, you know, maybe I didn't live my life the way I needed to live it." Well, maybe you should remember a couple of verses that'll help you. Right? John three sixteen. Right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Who whosoever you know, believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a good one to remember. Everybody remembers that. Another one, Acts 13, 39. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Man, that's going to be helpful for somebody like me. Maybe not you, but for me, that's going to be helpful because I'm always trying to work my way. I got to constantly be on the guard against that thing, against that sin inside me that wants to work my way to heaven and do good things for Jesus and somehow make myself believe that that's... No, you know, you got to remember, by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. There's nothing I could do. I couldn't earn my way. And by him, faith alone, all that believe are justified. Yeah? How about this one? For I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Oh, that's a sweet promise from Hebrews 8, verse 12. To know that God is not going to look upon your iniquities. He's not going to remember the things you did anymore. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but that means a lot to me. Because there's a lot of things that I'm not proud of. I've done a lot of things. I've just, I'm, I've said a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. And I've done a lot of things that I should never have done. 
And how good is it for me to know that the God of the, the universe is not going to hold those things against me, right? If the weakness of your grace, Richard was saying, right? If, if, if you've got something in your life, the grace that you've been given to overcome sin and to overcome the, the difficulties and trial in life, and yet you, you keep finding yourself failing, you know, despite your best efforts to follow Christ, despite your best efforts to, to live by faith, to, to, to let the Holy Spirit work in your life, and, and yet you, you keep finding yourself falling over and over and over again. You know, if it's the weakness of your grace that troubles you, well, maybe you might want to pick out a couple different verses. How about, how about Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, right? He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead those that are with the young. We're not talking about a God that is a stranger, that is foreign to you, that is rough, that is, is, is hateful and mean. No, no. We're talking about a gentle shepherd that guides his lambs, right? With his arm. And carries him in his bosom, right? Remember the story of Jesus and the 99 going, the shepherd going out for the one. That's the picture we're drawing here. This shepherd that carries them close to his bosom, close to his heart, protected and safe. And he's going to be led, right? All those with the young. You don't have to worry about it. Christ has got you close to him. Still not convinced? How about this one from Galatians, right? Galatians 5, 17. The flesh, <laughs> we know about that one. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do, right? You cannot do what you'd want to do. Man, that's just the promise from me that I just really need to hear sometimes. And I don't know about you, but that's very, very helpful. And I don't know about you, but that's just a powerful promise to me. Another one, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. How many times have you wanted to do something and yet you find yourself doing the, the wrong thing? All that the father gives me, Jesus said, all that the father gives me shall come to me and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out oh man somebody like me I really got to hear that every day I got to tell myself that and I can only imagine that if I'm in that moment where I'm facing difficulty and sickness and times of trouble and, and I'm about to pass away I need to hear that John 6, 37, all the Father gives to me shall, right? That's not a question about might, not a question about maybe, no, shall come to me. That's a promise from Jesus himself. The, 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 the Father has given a certain people, which is you, and, and he shall come to me. And him that comes to me, again, if, you, if you've got no, you know, if, if you've been given by the Father and you're going to come to Jesus, and, 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 and if you come to Jesus, he's saying, I'm not going to cast you out. Oh, man, what a glorious promise. Another one, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. How many times do we need to hear that every day? Increase our faith. Increase my faith. Now, if you're afraid of just flat out dying, 
just the fear, just the, 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 the thought of going to a strange world and, and being someplace away from your friends and you don't know what's going on. Remember the words of Christ before he died, right? He said, listen, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, right? We earnestly desire to be clothed upon with a house from heaven. This is something that we would want in our life. We know that Christ has said so many promises, and yet we also have this promise that we're going to be clothed, all right, that, that our mortality will be swallowed up of in life, and we're confident and willing to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. That's 2 Corinthians. Paul was clear with us that we're, if, if you're afraid of dying, Death is just simply the portal to where you're going next and you're going to be with Christ, right? He also said to the Philippians, remember the Philippians were, were facing troubles and trials and he said, listen, I'm in a straight between the two. I, I have a desire to, to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Hey, guess what? This is not the best it gets. This is not the best life you have. Revelations 14, 13 Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yet, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Did you do things for Jesus? Did you try something to, to, to help advance the kingdom? You know, did you, did you work for the Lord in some way? Well, guess what? Those labors are going to follow you. Did you not work for the Lord? Well, guess what? There's still time. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where's your, where's your victory? You know, back in the Old Testament times, people, when they died, they had uh, no assurance that they were going to live again. They just thought, well, gosh, you know, maybe uh, something, I, I don't know, I hope. As a Christian today, you know that there is life after death because we have a Savior that has already been there. You might be thinking to yourself, ah, I don't know, I'm still afraid. Well, remember, Stephen saw the Lord himself. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, right? The prophecy of Daniel. He saw Jesus being seated in the heavens as a king forever. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Look, fix yourself on one of these promises, okay? On some such word or promise that's going to help you in that time of need that you have. And that is going to help you die a more peaceful death. Now, tomorrow, we're going to go ahead and talk about direction, or I should say in our next podcast, we're going to talk about direction number six and what you can do to help have a more peaceful death there by looking up to God and believing you're going to see his face living in the fruition of his love. It's going to be exciting. You will not want to miss it. Please, again, pray for our podcast that we might be able to go ahead and share God's word to other people and learning the Puritans together. Thank you very much and have, as always, a blessed and happy day. Bye-bye.